Welcome to the Tobacco Cessation Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Julio. Today, I'm going to share a conversation I had with Delaney McMath from the Colorado Department of Public Health. The Colorado Medicaid Department has a comprehensive cessation benefit for all Medicaid enrollees, meaning they cover all seven FDA-approved medications and all three forms of counseling. Over the last number of years, Colorado has been working both the Public Health Department as well as the Medicaid agency to collect the utilization data of the individuals and the Medicaid enrollees that are using those benefits. Delaney was able to join me to talk about how they've decided to collect the data, what roadblocks they had, and you know what benefits exist. It's a really great conversation and really great information for other states that are interested um, in doing a similar type of data collection and really figuring out ways to utilize that data. One thing that Delaney mentions is Colorado's participation in CDC's 618 initiative. Um, This is a really awesome initiative from CDC, um, and you can find more information about it online at www.cdc-618, all spelled out. This initiative identifies six high-cost, high-burden diseases and 18 evidence-based interventions in order to both improve health outcomes and reduce costs. Over the last four or five years, CDC has brought together state public health departments and Medicaid agencies in Atlanta to kind of go through and talk about ways that they're going to address one of the six high-cost, high-burden diseases. When Colorado was in Atlanta, they decided to talk about tobacco use and ways to reduce tobacco use in their Medicaid population. Um, And so that's what Delaney's referring to. I hope you find this conversation as interesting and insightful as I did. And I will be back to talk to you afterwards. Thanks so much. Would you mind quickly introducing yourself and sharing a little bit about what you do? Sure. My name is Delaney McMath, and I work with the Colorado Department of Public Health Tobacco Program as the Tobacco Treatment Initiative Specialist. So I work specifically with our cessation team on efforts to increase access to tobacco treatment, including efforts to improve coverage and access through Medicaid and other payers. So one of the things that you and your team did was collect tobacco cessation utilization data by the state Medicaid program. Can you share a little bit about why you started collecting these data? I think like many other states, we were really interested in seeing how Medicaid members in Colorado utilize their benefits in order to help us better understand any disparities across demographic groups, as well as how some of our statewide policy and promotion efforts may or may not be affecting utilization rates over time. As we've improved Medicaid coverage for tobacco treatment in Colorado, it's been really useful for us to track utilization trends over time and be able to observe some of the potential implications of these coverage improvements. And then from there, we've been able to dive even deeper into the data to try to understand some of the bigger picture, asking questions like what barriers may be affecting rates of utilization, what strategies or policy solutions could we pursue to help increase utilization, maybe where it's low or lower than we'd like it to be, and really just diving into some of this data a little bit deeper. Oftentimes, it can be a challenge to collect these data, so it's really impressive. They're typically not housed in you know, the Department of Health and All payers claims databases are usually not quite as robust as the name might suggest. And we know that the Medicaid program has competing priorities. How have you been able to overcome some of these challenges? 
I think first and foremost for us, it was really critical to establish a positive and also mutually beneficial relationship with our Medicaid agency. There can often be a knowledge gap between what we know as public health programs and Medicaid. And so we started by first trying to really improve our understanding of Medicaid, their infrastructure, their culture, their priorities. And then from there, we were able to create this sort of shared language and understanding that really improved our communication and then our work with Medicaid. This process also allowed us to identify where our program could add value and where we could help advance some of our shared priorities. So things like reducing tobacco-related disease and avoidable medical costs. I think then once you've established a channel of communication and this sort of bi-directional partnership, you can work on asking the right questions that will allow you to gather the kind of data that you're looking for. In the state of Colorado, we actually utilize an interagency agreement, which is a longstanding formal contract between us and our state's Medicaid agency that basically establishes a regular reporting cadence and contains our data requests and programmatic obligations for both agencies. So this contract is reviewed annually and does require executive director and state controller signatures. And then through this interagency agreement, we're able to receive utilization data on both counseling and pharmacy claims. And then from there, this data is broken out by pregnant and non-pregnant people, provider types submitting claims, and Medicaid member by demographic, which includes county, age, race, ethnicity, gender, and provider or facility name. Our program also receives an annual report of Medicaid members with a documented diagnosis of nicotine dependence, I will also say that some of this data does typically end up being suppressed. Um, it has to be suppressed if the report value is less than 30. And so some of it ends up being suppressed in order to protect the confidentiality of Medicaid members. I'll also just conclude by saying that with claims data, I think it's important to go into it knowing the limitations of the data you're going to be receiving. Claims data is really valuable, but it doesn't tell us anything about patient attitudes or behaviors. And of course, um, we run into the challenge of not having data if a provider bills incorrectly or simply doesn't bill at all. That's really great. And I love the way the data is bro broken down and kind of how many cro different cross-sectionalities you get of that. So I guess my question is, now that you have this utilization data, what have you been able to do with it? I think one of the main things utilization data has been really helpful for is guiding and informing our promotional and education efforts. After we were able to get a comprehensive Medicaid benefit for a cessation treatment in Colorado, we found that our utilization rates are still a lot lower than we'd like them to be, which really just emphasizes the reality that even with a great and comprehensive benefit, there's always more work to be done. And promotion and education are a key part of that work. So we've used utilization data to help guide us as we continue to work on promoting the benefit and educating on the benefit. And it's also allowed us to monitor trends and changes over time, especially in the context of policy changes like the comprehensive benefit. It can be challenging since we can't always make direct causal links between the efforts that we implement and the claims data itself. But overall, I think it definitely gives us a more informed and clearer picture of what's going on in the state and how to keep monitoring those trends. And then when broken out by subgroup or demographic, the data has also been really useful in showing us where any disparities may lie, which helps us prioritize populations where we may be seeing lower utilization rates. And again, I think this ties directly into promotion efforts as well, since it helps us understand where maybe tailored or increased promotion might be needed. and also helps us dive a little bit deeper into the data 
at this point to try to identify what barriers or other reasons might be affecting utilization rates if they're low among certain populations. So one of the, it sounds like there's been a lot of um, work that you've done together with the Medicaid department in your state of Colorado. Um, and I assume that that probably takes a really strong partnership between your agency and the Medicaid agency. What has been successful in establishing this partnership on collecting and analyzing these data? As I mentioned before, I think starting with understanding Medicaid's priorities and establishing that mutual beneficial relationship and structure with Medicaid is really important, um, as well as understanding their data and analytics contractor and how they receive information um, to be able to receive and then interpret the data as a key first step. And then in Colorado, we also participated in several multi-year projects as part of CDC's 618 initiative and with the public health consulting firm JSI in 2015 to 2018. So one of our key priorities during this time was to remove the barriers to accessing cessation benefits for Medicaid members and increase utilization through education and promotion. And I think participating in the 618 initiative really helped us establish a stronger relationship with our contacts at Medicaid to be able to engage in this work and really push these efforts forward. Specifically during this time, we created two full-time liaison positions at each agency with the ultimate goal of enhancing some of that interagency collaboration, streamlining communications, and really aligning strategies across the board. Unfortunately, we no longer have this staffing structure in place due to turnover, which I think is always an ongoing challenge for public health and Medicaid collaboration. But we're continuing to assess our infrastructure and processes to improve the way that we work across agencies in the future. Our partnership with the Medicaid agency under the 618 initiative ultimately led to the comprehensive removal of barriers to cessation Medicaid medications in 2017, which was a major win for us um, alongside other education and promotion efforts that truly would not have been possible if we hadn't first established that strong partnership between us and Medicaid. You alluded to this a little bit previously, but um, what are some challenges you've had and you faced in this process? Yeah, as I just mentioned, staff turnover at both agencies has continued to be a challenge and that's something that we are currently adapting to right now. I think it's difficult because this can often feel like you're starting from scratch when you have new staff turnover. And so for us, what we're learning right now is that it's really important to return to some of those key strategies for establishing a strong partnership and learning from what's been successful in the past. We've also faced challenges with evaluating data um, in large part because claims data is limited in what it can tell us. And there also is often a lag in claims processing and reporting that can make it difficult to be able to use the data to sort of course correct any promotions or other initiatives responsibly. With claims data, like I said earlier, we also can't make direct causal links between some of our efforts and utilization. So there's also some limitations and challenges in that sense. Also, when we were participating in the 618 initiative, we had increased capacity for promotion in media, but this is not always the case for most public health agencies. I'm sure many states can relate to having limited resources and a limited budget for media. So to sustain this continued media engagement, we have been thinking innovatively and a little bit more critically about how to use the limited resources that we do have. And then finally, I'd say one of the biggest challenges for us has been continued engagement with both providers and patients. 
people are busy and they have competing priorities. So it's not always easy to engage and then continue to maintain engagement with both providers and patients. Um, and the pandemic has specifically added some additional challenges to this. It's forced a lot of rapid changes in the healthcare landscape, and it's been difficult to quantify the independent and intersectional impacts of COVID-19, including things like stress, boredom, and isolation on tobacco use and quitting behaviors among Coloradans. So engagement is something I think we will always be working on to make sure that we're connecting with providers and reaching all Coloradans as best as possible. Despite all these challenges that you mentioned, it sounds like you guys have still been incredibly successful in collecting these data. What advice would you give other states that are looking to collect utilization data of tobacco cessation treatment in their state Medicaid programs? I would say first and foremost, do your homework. Um, I know I've mentioned this before, but establishing a strong relationship with your state's Medicaid agency is key. And before you can begin that process or strengthen that relationship, you have to work to understand Medicaid infrastructure, the culture and the priorities, especially in your particular state. And then once you've created that partnership and shared language and priorities with Medicaid, begin to think about the kind of data that you want to collect, what would be most useful for you, and then clearly define that with Medicaid. With that, also recognize the limitations of the data. Utilization data is incredibly valuable, but it will never tell us everything that we want to know or that we need to know. So be sure that going into it, you understand the limitations and think about how you might be able to fill in those gaps with other data and resources. And then finally, this work is not easy and it takes a lot of time to gain that knowledge, to change your processes and to build relationships and capacity. So I would say be patient and don't forget to celebrate all of the wins along the way, whether big or small, because the small wins are really what do lead the way for the big wins. That's great advice. And so kind of thinking of all the things that you've done and that you're working on around collecting these utilization data, using them to inform your promotion of the cessation benefit in the Medicaid population, um, or in the Medicaid program, I should say. Um, what are you? What are your next steps? What are you doing moving forward? As we are looking ahead and thinking about what work we want to do around utilization in Colorado, especially with our comprehensive benefit, we're working right now on a number of strategies to really increase engagement and promotion with the ultimate goal of then increasing utilization. We know that our quit line is an incredible resource and a resource that many Medicaid members use. So we're working on strategies right now for cross promotion with the Colorado quit line to both reach and engage more Medicaid members. And then with recent improvements to the Medicaid benefit, we're also working on a Medicaid communications action plan to continue education for providers and patients around the benefit so that all are aware of what these changes mean for either them or their patients. And we're also working on creating a set of provider and grantee facing learning opportunities to again work on really increasing awareness and an understanding of the Medicaid benefit in Colorado, especially because benefits aren't always super straightforward to understand. And then lastly, as I alluded to before, we're really thinking creatively about how to utilize specifically targeted digital and social media to reach providers and patients, especially those that have traditionally been a little bit harder to reach. Great. Thank you so much. This has been a really wonderful call, and um, I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to talk. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Delaney. I really did. I found this information really helpful, and I hope you did too. Here are some things that I learned. 
it's important to establish a strong relationship with your Medicaid office. Learn your, their language and do your homework. And then it's also important to make sure that that relationship is mutually beneficial and you're just not asking for things all the time. Colorado also had a lot of success in establishing a formal agreement, which created a cadence around when data was going to be shared and when things had to be renewed to make, it, to make sure that it was continuously part of the culture of the agency. And finally, recognize that there's limitations of the data you collect. This is one, albeit an important one, piece of the overall public puzzle to improve access to cessation across the country. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you'll join us next time for the Tobacco Cessation Podcast. Thank you so much.